Hello, this is the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Sean Harwell. And this is Craig Moorhead, and we are here to talk about the movies that uh, have slipped by you. That's absolutely right, and we have a bit of a special, well, a milestone episode. Mm -hmm. This is our first listener-suggested episode, and I'd like to thank Melissa Spinelli for suggesting today's movie, which is The Song. And The Song is a 2014 romantic drama about a singer-songwriter whose marriage suffers when the song he wrote for his wife propels him to stardom. The film was inspired by the Song of Songs. That comes from Wikipedia, and as maybe you can tell, this is a faith-based film, and Melissa suggested this after listening to our episode about Holy Smoke, our very first episode. Mm -hmm. I think it was probably pretty apparent in that episode uh, at just how ignorant we are of the genre. <laughs> Although we did spend a little bit of time criticizing it, which I think we should at some point acknowledge that, yeah, that maybe is the uh, the sort of standard for film snobs yes. is to put down this genre. So I think it's great that, yeah, she gave us one to watch, and here we are. We watched it. We've done our due diligence, and now we're going to talk about it. Absolutely. If you have not yet suggested a movie, go to our Facebook page, go to at Never Podcast on Twitter, or check us out at NeverHeardPodcast.com. It's easier to type than it is to say. <laughs> and please, yeah, leave us suggestions. I know somebody suggested a movie that had something to do with Satan, so maybe we should do that to just balance this out, Craig. I don't know. I think there are a lot more Satan-based movies than <laughs> faith-based so. movies, but if anyone has yes. the data on that, I'd love to see it. Yes, especially uh, in the horror genre. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about the song. Um, as I said, this is a 2014 film. It was written and directed by Richard Ramsey. I believe this is his debut feature. Uh, it stars Alan Powell, who is the lead singer of a Christian uh, rock group called Anthem Lights. And it also stars Ali Faulkner and Caitlin Nicole Thomas. Side note, there's another member of the cast named Danny Vinson, who plays Ali Faulkner, her character's father, plays the character of Shep Jordan. He, I recognized, uh, he did a very small role on, in an episode of Eastbound and Down on the first season. Oh, wow. And then I was looking at his credits, and I'm embarrassed to say he's also credited as being in the campaign, and I have no recollection <laughs> whatsoever about what part, so... Sorry, Danny, if you're listening, but thank you for being in two different things that uh, I have my name on. You know, I was going to say, uh, you know, we, we would probably get to this later, uh, and we'll definitely be talking about one of the bigger scenes that he's in. But, yeah, I, I didn't know that myself, and yet that makes a lot of sense because he seems, I don't want to say in a different class because there was actually really good work going on here most of the time. For sure. But, I mean, he, he definitely seemed like somebody who could fit in a whole lot of different situations so yeah he's an every man for sure and he's good he's definitely an every southern man too <laughs> he is very southern um so what what did you kind of think uh you were going to get into with the song here craig any sort of preconceived notion other than the fact that it was faith-based uh i mean nothing nothing other than that you know um okay. uh from melissa's suggestion just the way you know she was talking about it uh, I, I did assume that this must be pretty good. She, it sounded like she definitely uh, 
acknowledge that there are plenty of very lousy faith-based movies. And so, you know, so I, I figured, okay, well, this will, this will probably be one of the better ones. And I think that definitely held true. But I mean, yeah, I was definitely worried. And I definitely have, I, I definitely have a bias when I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to be stepping into something that is uh, coming out of the Christian faith in one way or another. And is that because you don't want to be preached to? Is that the assumption that you're getting into? Or is it, is it more about the quality? Thinking about this stuff, I realize I've never really watched, I can't even really name other ones that I've watched. There was the one that came out last year, I think it was called God's Not Dead. Right. And the trailer made it, you know, made it look like basically all it was was one of those chick tracts where the professor was saying, well, God doesn't exist. And then a student's like, no, he does exist. The Bible says, you know, and she's like, oh, man, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of my reactions were based on things like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't look like a, a, a real human examination of anything. It just looks like it's everything is, is built out of the scripture. And, and it's, it doesn't seem like it's going to, I don't know, give me anything new that I didn't get in Sunday school. Right. And then it's also, I think, you know, just by the sheer fact that we had not heard of this one, a lot of these movies just don't fall on your radar unless you are sort of tapped into that um, that world even, like, very specifically. Um, yeah, I th- I had seen, uh, you know, trailers and stuff for God is Not Dead. I think that one definitely reached a sort of critical mass where it seeped into all corners of, you know, anybody sort of paying a little bit of attention on the internet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one was a complete mystery to me. Yeah, me too. And and that's, and that's really the thing is it looks like it doesn't necessarily look or feel like a faith-based film outside of the fact that there's no one that you necessarily know just watching it. Right. Yeah. And we should say, yeah, Kirk Cameron is not in this one. So yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. were wondering, Oh, oh man, yeah. That's, I think that's another one too. Is that that last Christmas movie of his? Yeah. And I didn't, I, I didn't see it. Never watched it. But I did the see the trailer, trailer itself. It was just like that. That's not good. There's no way it's good. And so I feel like that is what's built up the bias for me. It seems like it started out with stuff that was very um, sort of bald face. This is a Christian movie. This is a Christian message and all that stuff. Right. And it, it seems like that. That delivery is is getting a little more elegant over time. It's it's making a lot more money. It's attracting a lot more people to the genre, and it's mm-hmm. kind of and I and I think that that Noah is maybe an outgrowth of that. And I and I realize that a, some of the write ups on Noah was saying that you know he 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 didn't tell the story correctly or something like that. But it certainly seems like that that came out of this swell of of mm-hmm. you know people showing that they want to they want to watch these movies it's kind of interesting i wanted to to get into this and maybe this is the best way to do it a i think you're gonna have to go rent this movie um it's not streaming right now that we're recording this november 1st um did not appear to be on netflix or anywhere at the moment um so i went and i think you got this off of netflix's dvd subscription right yes okay so i actually went to my grocery store chain here in town has a small video rental section still, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, an increasing rarity, but it's fantastic. Like <laughs> finding this uh, on DVD um, on the box, right? Immediately, like the first thing I notice is there's a blurb, Craig, and here's what it says. It says, incredible, love the music and the love story is great. Now, in your head, I'm sure you're thinking, well, this blurb is associated to a critic, somebody in the press, if not that, maybe somebody in the Christian community. Sure. Craig, you're wrong. 
This is Willie and Corey Robertson from Duck Dynasty. Well, yeah. And uh, that's, uh, you know, immediately, yeah. If I mean, I could care less about Duck <laughs> Dynasty or any of those people, but it, it felt like a, a very, like a, uh, just such a cynical marketing yes. move. To just, because I looked and this movie got like a very positive review on Revo- uh, Variety. Yeah. Like there's legitimate sources that they could, you know, just put like something, I don't know. So and my other sort of takeaway from the video store experience was, Oh my God, everything is in alphabetical order. Craig, like, <laughs> I can't tell you how good that is. Like, I don't understand. Like, I was thinking about, like, all they have are new releases, yeah. right? So, yeah, it's a smaller catalog that they're dealing with. But if you can you imagine walking into a store to rent a movie and it wasn't alphabetized? Oh, yeah. How would you, you wouldn't find anything. And yet, every single streaming app that I know of. Just throws it up yeah. there, stick it at the I mean, it's movies. preposterous. Yeah. I don't, do not understand. I'm sure somebody has a story behind this, has something to do with algorithms yeah. and marketing research. It's crap. I hate it. So go to your video store and enjoy the experience of seeing things in order. It's true. Yeah, at least uh, that maybe there should just be a filter. It's like, do you, do you want to look yeah. at this like you're in a store? Yes. Yes, yes, I would. Mm. So, Sean, what were your first impressions of the movie? My first impression was a bad one. And that was mainly because uh, the movie opens with a prologue that's set, um, well, it, it covers, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 years or so, but starts in, yeah. I think, the late 70s with a, uh, a singer named David King. He's a country star. He's on TV. You know, he's doing the Nashville thing. He's very much, I guess, cut in the mold of a Merle Haggard, I suppose. Um, was only sort of like visually what I associated. it. Unfortunately, the actor, Aaron Benward, who is also a musician, excuse me, is wearing a terrible wig. I had that same uh, note, actually, yeah. It's god-awful. Yeah. And I don't understand why they stuck with it yeah. for a solid... That prologue's probably pushing seven minutes, I'd yeah. say, seven, eight minutes, sure. um, as it walks us through this guy's life and, and ultimate death, and he leaves behind a son who is named Jed King, who is going to follow in his father's footsteps a little bit uh, into the to the country music world, and he's the main character of the movie. But uh, I liked how it kind of moved. You know, there's some transitions there where, you know, you see uh, the father, David King, you know, he has... You know, he's, he has an affair with a married woman, mm-hmm. I think, correct? Yeah. She's married to someone in the band. You sort of, it's a very, like, uh, the camera's moving and it cuts to the woman puking. And, and that's that's your, your, you know, your clue that she's pregnant. There's no, like, pregnancy test or, oh, my God, I can't believe you're pregnant. Right, right, right. Or, I mean, I kept thinking, it was like, okay, I can think of, like, six or seven worse choices for that transition. They handled it really pretty mm-hmm. well. And then... um. There's all this voiceover, which is, uh, I, I think they're reading from the actual Song of Solomon, yeah. the scripture. And man, it feels so much like Terrence Malick's Tree of Life to me. I mean, and, yeah. and to the point where I'm like, there's no way these guys watch this. Or, or the person, you know, Richard Ramsey is not aware of that movie, I right. think. Um, 
but to its credit, I, in my opinion, I I love Tree of Life, and I thought it worked really kind of poetically. Yeah. And it's just, it's not. Some of it is a little, uh, you know, nail in the head with what you're seeing on mm-hmm. screen, which is always my beef against voiceover. I don't need to hear and, and see the exact same sure, thing. Sure. And then you know, you get this really hard cut to the title and the song, you know, that pops up, and then we're like 15 years later, I think, in 2006 in Louisville. And so, I guess my sort of overall opinion in this movie was it was a little I felt a little unsteady until about half an hour in the movie I wasn't quite sure what this was going to be about what the conflict mm-hmm. is um, and I still have some questions about that and whether you know the effectiveness of it mm-hmm. I think I was kind of put at ease I, I felt like okay I'm not going to hate this movie I don't think unless it really turns on what am I trying to say here? Unless it starts preaching to me, right. basically, I'm just trying. Sure. I'm trying to avoid saying that, but that that's it, you know. And it, it didn't. I didn't feel that like that was going to happen. Yeah. Um. It felt like these people understood the music world a little bit. Um. And I didn't know who these people were at all. I didn't. I had not yet looked up to see that they were musicians. But I could, you know, you can tell. Like, okay, those people are, are actually know how to play an instrument, and that's yeah. always like a relief to yes. me. <laughs> so I think that was sort of my yeah. That was my initial reaction. What about you? Again, it was very much the same with the wig. Uh, th- there are some. There, there's a pretty bad beard later on. I think the facial hair, uh, hair around the head, was 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 a bit of a struggle. But otherwise, yeah, I feel the same <laughs> way. That 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 whole open was was told, yeah, really well visually. It felt confident, and that's that is exactly also that's what I needed to see. Uh, I mean, this I believe this was the uh, Ramsey's first feature. He'd done a ton of shorts. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, he he definitely it definitely felt like he knew how he wanted it to move, and it it moved really well. Uh, and that opening is is also really dark. And and I was I got a bit lost because not knowing not knowing anything, I thought we were just starting with the guy who was going to become famous. Same here. Yeah, and so I was like, wow, we're we're really jumping into this. And so he has the affair. But you, you kind of skipped over this because this was kind of an incredible shot. I didn't expect from, uh, I guess I expect a faith-based movie to have a, a pretty soft touch. Even when, yes. even when you're going to go to tragedy or something that's horrible, it's going to be pretty suggested and, and maybe off camera. But he, they had the, the affair and then cut to woman on the phone talking to him, crying in the background, her, her husband's body swinging in the breeze because he hung himself. Yeah. Just like, wow. So we're, we're, we're jumping into it. Yeah. <laughs> His wife leaves. He sticks with the, with the woman, which I also thought was pretty interesting. This uh, by this point, I had figured out this was not our main character, mm-hmm. and so it was it was kind of that thing of okay, he totally completely wrecked his first marriage. He loved her. He's torn up about it, but then he kind of starts to rebuild with this other woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I I kind of expected him to just set himself on fire after having the right. affair. Just you know, you know what I mean, and so the fact that he didn't, that everything didn't end, and he just became like a miserable hobo somewhere, made me feel like okay, so this is we're, we are. It feels like we're in the human realm. We're not just if you do something bad, you are now punished. Right, and you're also you're setting up the very important fact that uh, Jed is the product, yeah, of infidelity, yeah, um, and yet, you know, I, I mean, I guess you could make the argument that uh, clearly something good came from what was a very bad situation. Right. Um, and again, this is all sort of like covered, like 
that sequence that everybody loves in the movie up. Like it's all sure. like there's no dialogue. I mean, it, well, I don't remember it other well, than well, the voiceover. The yeah, and yeah, but, yeah. And I mean, so yeah, it's 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 covering a lot of ground there. Um, I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one bone here. Go for it. The the trope of uh, having a person cough blood. Yeah. We got to get rid of that in movies. I don't, well, I don't know. We got to get rid of. It. We got to find more interesting ways to do it. Just I've seen this too many times. Yeah. Now. No, you're you're totally right. And I and I uh, and I just saw that in something else recently. And and it it does kind of drive me crazy. It's like if if a scene is going on and someone coughs and it, it's sort of focused on on them when they cough, but they, no one makes a big deal of it. It's like that person's going to die. Right. Well, you know what sucks though It's like <laughs> we're criticizing that, and I realized this as soon as I wrote it down. Mm. Like. That's actually like a really, you know, significantly subtle and visual way to, you know, sure. like, yeah. But at this point, like, it's just been done too many times. Like, yeah. you almost have to go back to the non-subtle version of getting that exposition out there to make it interesting again. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I guess I'm glad they didn't go into something more prolonged to right. get to that point. It's like, okay, <laughs> you got blood in your hand. You're going to die. Well, let's keep walking a little let's bit. Let's do it. Yeah? yeah. And so, yes, we are moved to the present, near present, 2006. Jed King is basically a small time act playing in small clubs, coffee houses, uh, whose main interest as a musician is, is surely the fact that he is the son of a legend mm-hmm. to, to the point where the manager, um, Stan, who uh, is played by the actor Gary Jenkins, uh, tells Jed basically, you're not going to be anything until you write a song that means something. You know, your music just doesn't have that personal connection to take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Tells him something about playing a fall festival at a vineyard. Um, fall festival can't be Halloween. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> he, he ends up going there to this uh, small town, Kentucky. You know, they got face painting, they got uh, wine tasting. Uh, and then they're having us, you know, a little musical performance at the end of it. It's all set outside. There's lots of bells of hay and pumpkins and things like that. And this is where he meets Rose, who is the daughter of the uh, winery owner. And I didn't even think about it, but I, I, I really liked that choice later on because it comes out in conversation pretty quickly. Um, Rose and Jed hit it off right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I thought it was handled pretty well. And she said something about an older boyfriend who dumped her because let me, let me find this, this little line here. Uh, she basically says like he wanted her to sleep with him. She would not do it. Assumption being she's holding out for marriage. And she says something about, you know, I know I deserve better than that, but I'm just not sure better exists anymore. And I, I thought that's a pretty interesting viewpoint from a woman. I mean, I feel like that's a modern struggle for sure. 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 In the age of uh, sending, you know, text messages with pictures of your penis as a way of introduction uh, yeah. to single women, it which is terrible. Oh, yeah, it it's terrible. Correct. It's, it's terrible. terrible, yes. But I also like, okay, so this girl obviously has a very, you know, important moral code to her mm-hmm. in this one particular realm. They're working at a vineyard. They're not teetotalers, right? And so to me, I was like, okay, again, at least you're giving us something to say that these people aren't necessarily positioning themselves to being completely morally better than those of us watching it. Right. You know? Right. Uh, and again, I just like that choice. I thought it was a nice choice. The vineyard 
plays very little into the whole movie, mm-hmm. um, but it's there in the background. Yeah. It looks nice, and uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I kind of like that. Uh, I did too. Uh, and this whole segment, um, let's see. We 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 introduce the the bad guy boyfriend. That's kind of a bad guy for like a scene. Yeah, he's he's Eddie. ridiculously bad. Like <laughs> clearly one of the worst people you could ever possibly know. Yeah. Uh, just saying horrible things that everyone just, it, yeah. Uh, clearly it was, it was a setup and it had a, it had a decent payoff later on. My favorite part of the scene though, that actually really worked for me was when he's talking about the Beatles and I can't remember how it was brought yep. up. He says she Rose claims to know nothing about music. She doesn't recognize Jed King as being the son of David King because she yes. doesn't know who David King is. Right. And she's saying, no, seriously, I know nothing about music. He's like, you got to know something. Name your your favorite Beatles, Beatles song. Beatles. Everybody has a favorite Beatles right. song. And then what? And so she says, turn, 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 mm-hmm. which is uh, it's by the birds, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So. So and, and and this is what this is what I liked. Maybe it was just her delivery on this. I don't know. It uh but so she says turn turn turn. He laughs. He's like, "Oh, that's not a Beatles song." She says, "Yeah, it's a Beatles." He says, "No, that's by the Birds." She says, "Well, I guess we can just agree to disagree." Yeah. <laughs> and that it just really made me laugh. like it it was. The, the delivery of that was perfect in that it it felt it felt really goofy without making her stupid. It was some. It, it was like actually good dialogue, and so that was another yeah. thing that made me feel good as we kept watching this movie. So yeah, they they fall in love, and basically, um, I don't remember the exact situation, but he says something about wanting to ask her dad, yeah, to, uh, to ask her dad's approval to even ask her out on a date. And I thought, okay, this is a big point for me too. That's completely unrealistic. But then the girl Rose says, "Well, you don't have to like maybe you're gonna ask my dad's hand, you know, for me for my hand in marriage, maybe. But you don't have to ask ask him just to ask me out or whatever." Um, and still, it's like, well, he's gonna do it because that's just how good of a guy he right. is. Um, which you know, I, we'll get into where that character goes in a little bit because it doesn't completely stay that. But it's definitely setting up a big female fantasy here. I think, like, I mean, he he strolls in being the perfect guy. They end up getting married in a chapel that he's building himself by hand. Yeah. You know, he doesn't finish it before they finally are like, okay, we got to get married. I remember seeing a bit of this uh, whenever I was a kid, like shortly before I was going to college. I remember there being talk. I remember there being sort of pamphlets about how you're supposed to date people. <laughs> you had a pamphlet? Uh, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I didn't get one of those. No, no. That would, ex- that would explain high school. <laughs> Well, yeah, I never read it, and that's why I oh, didn't well, have go. any girlfriend. Okay. No, but um, <laughs> but there was a big thing about how pr- the proper way is you're supposed to go talk to the father, and basically the father loans his daughter out as if she's property. This never set right yeah. for me, and 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 I I really like watching that scene. I was like, we we had just come off that great turn 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 bit of dialogue, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I like her, I like her. And I really wanted her to just like completely smack that idea down. Just like, you don't have to ask my dad anything. I'll make my own decisions. That would have been nice. And it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. Then he goes and has a conversation. She listens by the door. And Sean, that whole part pissed me off so bad. Uh, It it really, that one stuck for me for a really long time. That was, I I would have been fine if they had cut that out entirely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that. 
you would have lost really anything with their relationship. No. I mean, the simple fact that he brings that up to her, that's enough. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then like you're saying, like, no, she's a, she's an adult. Like she's a smart enough woman to say, yeah. I don't, you don't need to do that. Like, let's just take things slow and. Right. And, and like, and, and I, and I definitely get the, the, the sort of the romance factor, like mm-hmm. as a, as a traditional thing. I mean, not for dating though, no matter what, I feel like that's really weird for dating. Yeah. Like if, if a kid ever comes to me and asks if they want, they can date Grace, I'm going to be like, dude, I'm going to say no. The answer is no. If you ask me if you can date my daughter, the answer is an automatic no. Um, that's a good question. Let's, we'll pose this to our Facebook listeners. If you're a woman and listening to this, would you feel comfortable with a man wanting to ask your father to date you? And uh, I think Rose in this movie is probably... Uh, she looks to be late 20s, very early 30s. Yeah. I mean, she's, we're not talking about like a fresh out of college girl no. here, right? So she's she's very much an adult. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get to the bottom of this. That would be a good poll question, I think, to have. After their wedding night, um, you know, you do get some romantic, you know, little hints there of nothing gratuitous, right. but it's enough that it feels like real and like it's it's not like these people don't have chemistry at all. Yes. Um, it's not that. Uh, the next morning, he's sort of sitting down writing a song um, and then she comes out and he plays a song to her and then we do another leap in time to five years later and Jed is now uh, been propelled to, to a bit of stardom. Um, here's something that I read. I want to ask you about. Mm-hmm. I, I watched this whole movie and never once really thought about him being specifically in the genre of, of Christian rock or even worship music, I guess. Yeah. Because it, to me was played as Americana. Yeah. Um, and the sort of roots music, which we can talk about. I do want to talk about but then I read something today. It was like, yes, he's, you know, he, then he was propelled to Christian uh, music stardom. I didn't get that at all. I felt like he was a country star because he, then he's get, he's like cover of magazines and stuff. Yeah. Which I was assuming was kind of a Rolling Stone, you know, stand in. So I was like, yeah, that's not, he's not a Christian music star. No. That, that and I mean, to the point sense. where, uh, like I even wrote down, I was like, man, like you can really tell that like hipster culture, at least of fashion, has kind of invaded every aspect of like pop life at this point because like this guy's backing band, I mean, they look like, you know, they could be Mumford and Sons or like Imagine Dragons or something. I mean, yeah. and this dude, Alan Powell, goes full beard for like the next yeah. And it just gets thicker and thicker what? for like the next 40 minutes. And he ends up looking like one of the Avid brothers or something. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he, they all paved the way for, for, the, for this character. Right. For sure. I had read that, that there was, that, that that was not a real beard. Sometimes it looked good. Sometimes it didn't. But what I had read was they, they went with the fake beard just because they wouldn't, they could shoot things out of order and all that stuff. They didn't have to like have a beard and then shave it. Makes total sense. And it's not as bad as that wig. Right. Yeah, so so he he can sing. He's got a decent voice. Yeah. Like you, you you believe him for that. Uh, it was still a little tough. Like the song wasn't bad, but the the standard I think I always hold it to is the song from that thing you do, which uh-huh. you hear a thousand times in that movie, and it means something different every time you hear it, and they're in a different place, and and so it, and it's just a fantastic song. So it wasn't like you believe in that movie that they would 
hit the charts with that song. It just feels like that feels right. With this one, it wasn't bad, but like I can't remember the tune of it at all. Yeah, it's just not as strong of a song to be played as much as it is played in this movie. Because yeah. I definitely got to that point where, you know, uh, later on there's a character named Shelby who's a violinist and she joins him uh, on stage to perform this song on tour. I mean, like half a dozen times probably mm-hmm. in this movie. And so a couple of times you just get sort of the intro and it's that violin intro from her. And I'm just like, by the end of it, I'm like, man, if I hear that intro one more time, <laughs> like I'm done with this song. Yeah. 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 But I will say, yeah, the music on the whole is not bad. You know, there's stuff on the soundtrack I noticed from like Ricky Skaggs and Emmylou Harris. And uh, I know this guy, Vince Emmett, who did, I think, you know, he was like the music producer, basically the T-Bone Burnett of this film. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got some real kind of traction in that, in that world, in that bluegrass world and, and sort of the Americana stuff that's going on. I will say, uh, you know, there's a whole sort of bit where as his star is growing, Jed goes out on tour and ends up, the opening act is this woman named Shelby Bell in her band. And as soon as she comes on screen, I was, uh, to me, that was a weak point because she, and I don't think the performance is bad. I think the character is pretty interesting, but man, she comes on and it's like, okay, here's the dark haired girl. She's got tattoos. Yeah. She's smoking. You know, you just know, like, it just right. It felt cliche. She's the temptation to, that's going to yes. lead him down. Yeah. And, and that was the thing I, I put, uh, I, I wrote down as soon as she came on, she will lead him. Yeah. She, she will basically lead him into darkness. It will be her fault. And I, I, I was glad to find that in the end, it, it didn't really feel that way. I mean, he he was making his own choices, and he yeah. made bad choices. So yeah, yeah. Um, and even I think I, I think she ultimately becomes more than just that. Right. In moments, there's some really good moments. I do think when the film becomes arguments between those characters and between uh, Jed and Rose, I, they're not the strongest parts of the movie. Sure. Um, and I don't, it's just hard. those are hard scenes. It's hard to have a marital argument on screen yes. that feels like anything other than melodrama. It's just hard to do. Yeah. And I feel like these guys are giving it their all. Yeah. Um, but it still you know, it just comes across that way. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, and, and and I think the thing is with, with with a movie like this that is completely focused on on marriage and sort of marriage morality and and you know it's coming from the Bible essentially. It's hard to have. I mean, I mean, fights in a marriage are about nothing, generally. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you don't have big, profound arguments. You might have mm-hmm. profound discussions with each other, but if you're arguing, it's about nothing. It's about the laundry. So yeah, it's it's kind of hard to really keep this uh, going with the big sort of grand points it has to make. You should uh, yeah. you should really do the laundry tomorrow. Yeah, Craig. Shut up. It'd be shut nice up. Just you. shut up. Just shut. Up. Okay. I'm sick of hearing it. You sort of get a little bit into the music biopic, eh, just sort of familiar structure territory uh, during the last hour of this movie where the guy's on the road and he's out for three months at a time. And even aside from the temptation of Shelby, before that really kind of gets acted upon, it's just a simple argument between a man and a wife about, I I wish you were around more. I want to be in your life more. It is so, so hard to do that in a way that does not make the wife, or if the situation is reversed uh, gender-wise, although I rarely see that in movies, um, to not make that person look like a nag. Yeah. And that's, she definitely has those moments. Uh, the big one for me was, you know, 
I think it's it is before he cheats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jed is saying, "Look, I, I, we got to go to Europe. Um, I'm going to be gone three months. Come with me. Yeah. Like, come with me. Bring our son." Rose's main reason for staying behind is that her father is sick. Right. Perfectly legitimate. Yeah. But what happens in the dialogue is she also gets into the fact that, uh, I mean, I, I kind of wrote it down. She was saying, like, what kind of life is that, being dragged around, you know, from one jet to hotel to the next? And I'm thinking, for three months? That's a pretty fun life. <laughs> yeah. Go see Europe. Take your kid, like, who's old enough to probably enjoy it. Like, yeah. ask your dad what he would want you to do, like, whether he would want you to stay there and worry about him. Right. Uh, because it, you don't, you haven't really seen how sick he is. You've only kind of been told. Sure. Um, and so that, to me, again, is like, I get what you're going for. It comes across as a nag. Yeah. And it's hard to sort of sympathize with the person that's saying this in yes. those moments. Um, the question of what is the conflict of this movie? And, and I asked myself that a couple of times. But some of that is, is like, yeah, he, he's, this is what he feels like he was born to do, is to, to sing these songs and go out and do it. And he's found success and, and he's kind of capitalizing on it. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think those struggles that they would have as a, as a couple are real. Yeah. But it would be nice to see her enjoy some of, yeah. of that life too, you know? And it's like, I did, I couldn't help but feel kind of sympathetic and bad uh, for Jed in that moment, yeah. you know? And I get, I, I, th- I do think the film, to be fair, is trying to say that yes, Rose has some flaws and, and she's not completely guilt free in this problem of their relationship. Right. Cause that's just marriage. Yeah. So somebody wants marriage. something, the other person wants this other thing. It's There's a conflict mm-hmm. there. I think about it. I, I was thinking about that, too, in terms of, uh, I mean, we're both people who work in the arts. We both uh, are, are, you know, going after things. We're pursuing things. And if things start really happening that are great, it, it's, it really kills you if that starts to harm your relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so it, like that much I could definitely feel. Yeah, because, yeah, obviously he's excited because this is really working out for him. But then the woman he loves, uh, you know, doesn't want him to go. Like She'd rather he quit everything than, you know. Yeah, and I do think uh, that's maybe my biggest complaint about the movie is that, that Jed can either have success in the music business or a successful marriage. Right. And I, I just don't feel like that is a realistic line to be drawn in the sand because... I feel like within five minutes of doing some internet research, I could find a hundred examples of musicians who have healthy marriages, who have been doing this for years, who've got kids. That's not to say it's not easy. What about all those soldiers and their wives and they go overseas? There, there is a way to have both, I think. Um, And, and I I think it would have been nice if the movie had kind of, landed on that somehow Mm -hmm. because ultimately despite the infidelity jed turns his life around goes to rehab uh rose does leave him she takes off the wedding rings yeah done with him yes but jed comes back he comes back to her right so they end up there is a happily ever after and i think that's in some ways an adult move to say that look these things happen and there's a way to to not have that be the complete destruction of your marriage, sure. and yet, I I just I felt like there was a bit of injustice done to the Rose character to say that, 
Well, if he comes back and, and says just the right words, then okay, yeah, she'll forgive him. Right. It's going to take a while. Right. Uh, and you know what? His dad, his dad was a, a cheater too. Right. So maybe it's just in his blood, it's in his DNA. It's just something that, something guys got to do. They got to get it out of their systems. Like no, there's the, you know. Yeah, I, I think this kind of comes out of that out of the same place that uh, I'm going to ask your dad if I can date you comes from a little bit. And probably specifically to the scripture in this case. Right. Well, well absolutely. I mean, that, that's what's being talked about in the voiceover throughout the whole thing. Right. And yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's marriage from the point of view of a man. And, mm-hmm. and man, men just have just struggle so hard with these marriages. Women, I, I wish they could just know how much we struggle. Maybe yeah, this stop maybe finally this tempting movie us, will ladies. Help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Explain to everybody how hard we have it. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's very one sided in that way. And that's unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. it, it would have been nice to see because you know that they they also did some pretty good. There, there's one time when he comes home. I think just before he tells her about they have to go to Europe. There's a really nice bit of family relationship building where like uh-huh. his his kid comes down and says, "Daddy, Daddy, we're in a band. I want to play drums." You know, and then and he ends up like in in the room with his kid and the kids playing drums and they're playing guitar and right. it just it feels like a good movie moment. It feels. Right, it feels for like sure. yeah, that's what you'd want to do if you hadn't been around your family for a long time. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely kind of that patriarchal thing happening over. It's 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 much. It's it's a lot about the struggle of men. Just even thinking about country music or in that world, why ah, why wouldn't you do this movie about a female? Sure, star. Yeah, because I can guarantee that like the people that can't name a single Taylor Swift song can tell you that oh yeah she's the one that writes about her bad relationships with boys yeah. you know? so yeah, it's like there, there would have been something about that would have been slightly fresher and a little it's a little more interesting to see like the temptation from that side yeah. there's is, there's a whole different set of rules mm-hmm. well i mean you you could have gotten into you know if, if she's a singer and she she cheated on her husband then you know tabloid not that not that it ever got into tabloids in this but you know if there was like a tabloid thing in the movie she would just be a slut oh yeah and the guy, well, that's how it goes. That's he's such a dog, you know. So it's like, yeah, it, it would have. You're right. It would have well, been. Well, I mean, to the point that the Shelby character is portrayed and called a whore by Rose. You know, I oh, mean, absolutely. like she throws herself at Jed from yeah. start to finish. Um, yeah. Well, so yeah, I, I think we can kind of we can kind of jump through the middle, and, and we kind of have. I mean, we we we've we've basically told you. So he becomes famous. He has a strained relationship with his wife. Mm-hmm. He ends up deciding to go ahead and sleep with Shelby. Because he, he got drunk. He, d- he did get drunk. He, he did normally get drunk. do. Does. Yeah. But, but, but she, didn't, she didn't trick him into it. No. She didn't do any of that stuff. She, she, she's, just, she's very interested in the man. It's not good. She knows he's married. It's not good of her either. But, but I, I, at least I was glad it wasn't just her like, if you don't sleep with me, I'll tell everyone you raped me. You know, like... It's not that kind of thing. Yeah. It's at least there are two people making a choice. And I did like, she does say, uh, she has this uh, discussion with him where she talks about like liking his music and then saying something to the effect of like, all I could think of was what kind of music could this guy write if he just let go of all those rules? Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, that's a really interesting, co- like it's an internal conflict for an artist, I think, you know, um, I don't know. I just, I remember somebody, uh, I think a friend of ours a couple of years ago was like talking about like the Jonas Brothers, like, oh man, if those guys got into drugs, like a mad, like they could be like the next Beach Boys or something. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a weird thing to like wish. Of, I mean, you know, Yeah. but uh, 
because I, again, like I kept asking myself, like Jed is our main character. Like what, what is, what is this conflict? Because the relationship isn't really tested until, like I say, like you're, you're probably in the second half of the movie yeah. and like you get this refrain from the song of Solomon about chasing after the wind over and over and over. And I think that is meant to be taken as he's ch- chasing success or, or chasing the ability to maintain a level of success. Did you have similar feelings as far as like, what what is the real sort of dramatic conflict of this movie? Yes, I did. I definitely think you're right in that case. I mean, it's it's not the type of movie where, you know, everything's normal and then the bad thing happens and everything goes topsy turvy. Right. It it didn't it didn't really crank that up to 11 at all. He he was never in that bad a spot until he slept with Shelby. Mm-hmm. And that's when everything and I mean, and I mean yeah. that's in the last half an hour. Oh, for sure. Because then, yeah. then it's sleep with Shelby. A uh, 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 wife finds out that all goes bad. He runs off with Shelby. They immediately, mm-hmm. immediately become drug addicts. Yep, popping pills, popping pills, puking, and he's like, ah, I'm, I'm gonna end it. You know, tries to kill himself, and then he's in the hospital. It's a, it's a pretty quick spiral down. And then, and yeah, and, and then, and I thought that was pretty brutal, actually, that, and I get it, because I, I, I wouldn't really take to being cheated on either, but he, yeah. you, you go to his bedside after he has slit his wrists, I've become a drug addict, and then slit his wrists, and you're like, mm-hmm. here are my rings, screw you, pal, just like, man, yeah. all right, nothing to live for, but yeah, I mean... Th- Yes, there, there's not there's not a lot to hold on to conflict wise, besides the fact you know there's tension at home. I mean, it could have been interesting to do a little more with, you know, if you're chasing after the win or chasing success, maybe he's trying to live up to the success the success of his old man. Sure, you know, I feel like we've seen that before. In a way, I'm kind of glad that they didn't. Yeah, but in a way, it almost feels like, well, then what's the point of having? the beginning with his father other than this to like yeah imply that well like father like son apple doesn't fall far from the tree you know he's a cheater and this guy's a cheater too like yeah what yeah what does he want i mean like yeah i don't i don't quite know what that really did for the narrative here yeah um and so yeah i'm kind of with you i didn't quite know yeah what this guy wants i mean ultimately he makes a decision that he wants his his marriage more than anything else and yet he has that for the bulk of the movie Um, it, you know, and so, it, it might have been yeah. interesting if, uh, you know, if if some of that backstory at the beginning had maybe really shown his struggle as a songwriter or something. Yeah. Instead of sure. jumping in, I mean, I mean, it, it is interesting. Like the first time you see him, and I, and I think this is what you were saying before. And maybe I misheard you, but the first time the I don't even well, know. The fir- <laughs> you tell me I'll, as always. Just tell me what well, I was saying. I would appreciate it. Well, the first the first time you see him in the movie as an adult. He is singing a song. People are singing with him, but it's his dad's song, right? Okay, I apologize. I got that okay. wrong. Well, yeah. yeah, so the first time you see him, he's singing a song, and the song he's singing is, is his dad's, and everyone's singing along with him. And yeah, what, what I wanted to feel from that, I feel like I projected it a bit on that scene. Like what I wanted to feel from that was he wants that love that he saw his dad get from people, but the only way he gets it is by singing his dad's songs. He can't, he can't do it with his own songs. And and there's a little bit of that in the movie. And, and it is it is interesting that until he meets her, he doesn't write a song that people really grab onto. And that's, you know, that's that's generally good. But, you know, it would have been 
neat if there was some way to work in, you know, he's poor and hungry living in Nashville trying to make it work. And like and like I think so. Yeah. That that was not fun. So that once he gets somewhere, he didn't just want to give it up all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean maybe even just like a hint of that sort of inside Lou and Davis. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, struggle. I mean, yeah, that's a great point. Especially in the era that we are living in and knowing that is so, so hard to really make a life as a musician yeah. in the terms that it was uh defined in previous generations. Um, and so I, I liked the little moments that were there of that, like him saying to his wife, which again, it, it sort of sounds like he's just making a justification for being gone. But like, look, like, you know, I, I, people respond to what I'm doing. Like I get people saying that this music is like, this is helping them. Like this is, is, is saving them. This is introducing, teaching them about God. And like, that's, that has real value. And, um, you know, I, I think that's that's kind of interesting because there's that component of as an artist, like you, you got to do it for yourself, obviously. Sure. Like you know, um, you do it because you enjoy it and you you get that kind of value of it. And then when it becomes a career, you've got to maintain that career, and then you've got like fan expectations and all that stuff that comes along with it, and the baggage of touring and like trying to scape by. Yeah. I do think, yeah, like ten uh, percent more of of like that side of things, like the industry side of things, would have been kind of cool. Yeah. And like exactly what you're saying is that's pretty interesting. Like see him struggling in Nashville a little bit and not having. I had that thought too, just to the fact that it seems like they live in the house that Rose's father. I mean, they basically live right, right. Yeah. That's 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 what I thought. So like he, they live. They I don't say it's like vineyard, that's a essentially. That's a pretty sweet deal for yeah. him. Like he's been making all this money, like touring around the world for like nine months out of the years. Like and they're not even paying rent properly. Like uh, yeah, that's pretty so, sweet. I mean. Yeah, some struggle would have been interesting beyond just the internal struggle. Uh, but but that actually reminds me of another small nitpicky point that uh, pick that that felt hackneyed when it happened. So okay, um, he's I think I think he's in rehab. He he gets his son on the phone, or his son calls him, and they have they have a short conversation. He calls the house, right? Yeah. They have a short conversation, and and the son says, "Hey, are you coming to the fall festival? You know, it's like October eighth mm-hmm. or something." And he's like. Yes, I'll I'll definitely be there. And then a scene later, his manager shows up and says, hey, I've got this great comeback show for you. It's what you need. It's the only thing in the world you could possibly need. When is it? October 8th. And I was like, ah. Oh, and he, uh, yeah, he immediately says, no, I can't, I can't right. do it. I got to go somewhere else. I mean, the manager says like two other things and then you cut to and he's going to the show yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. Um, that felt uh, very movie driven. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, that was note. driven by. Like, it felt like a note from yep. somebody. Like, we yep, need absolutely. one thing to kind of just. Uh, and he's really got to give it up. And it's like. Hey. I honestly, yeah. I just wanted. Like, I kind of liked it. He's just told his manager, like, no, I'm not yeah. doing that. Like, I'm just. No, this is not. I'm going home. I got something else I got to do. And, I, like, if they had just cut to the Fall Festival, I'd have been totally fine. I think. Like, yeah, I, I mean. I mean, it needed something else, but, well, like. It, and maybe it did, or, or you know, maybe all it needed was, you know, Rose at the Fall Festival, just assuming he wasn't yeah. going to be there or something. Because, yeah, sure. I mean, you've gotten to the point where, like, he, he, he's tried to kill himself. Now he's getting himself clean. His wife has given him his rings back. And, and yeah, and then, and then when it's like, Hey, you want to go back and do that stuff that ruined your entire life? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. You know, you make a good like, point. Oh. Yeah. Well, he pitched it as like, this is your moment of redemption. Right, right, you know, right. You can go do this. Uh, and, uh, uh, 
Yeah. You're right. I didn't think about it in those terms, but it does feel like a note. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it just feels and like it's it's yeah, it's not the worst note. But yeah, so yeah. So that that was a little hackneyed, but it it gave him a a reason to give a, a, a confident speech as he stormed out and said he didn't need it anymore, which Yeah. Mm. So but yeah, so then he ends up at the fall festival and tells her he gave everything up and then he he, does he, he plays turn, turn, he turn, plays turn, turn by turn, the birds. Turn. And I mean, that was, that, that was it. pretty good. It was a nice callback. It was, yeah. it, it, it was, it was a nice callback. It it was a song. Everybody knows you don't have to necessarily mm-hmm. think of it as a Christian song. If you don't want to, it has yeah. bigger meaning for everyone. So yeah, I mean, that was pretty effective. Uh, the, the last thing that I would say about it as we kind of leave the movie and we're going into the credits, cause this was something that I really held on to until the very last shot because I wanted to be proven wrong. Uh, and not that it's the worst thing in the world, but this movie was very white. Oh, I mean, sure. it was, there was nothing to cause concern not even for. A hint, was there? Yeah. Oh, man. Man, like it's, I just wanted somebody. I mean, you're in the music world. I don't, I don't they know. They should have got Darius Rucker, yeah, dude. Know, right? right? <laughs> Get Darius Like, in there, how right? do we not? Hootie. Oh, man. So, yeah. So that bugged me You're a absolutely bit. right. That, I mean, that and, and you're in the music world, but everything, even, even to the point where when you decide you're going to have sex with the woman you're on tour with, it's like, close the door and that's all we see until the next morning. It's like, man, yeah. the music world is NC-17, you know, like. Not that I'm not that I'm looking True. for hardcore stuff or anything, but it's like I mean the movie is a lot about infidelity were... and having sex and lust and love and. Well, I I read that this I guess was uh, was sold in certain circles as being the sexiest ever faith based movie. I, I don't doubt Which that. I, I, I don't PG-13. either. I don't I mean, either. Yeah, like it's it definitely goes beyond. I think yeah. what a lot would. Let's let's do real quick. Any favorite scenes? Um, well, again, that, that, we that, that, turn, that, kind turn, of that turn dialogue was, was pretty strong. Um, I got one for you that I, I bet you liked. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'm curious. Yeah. Do you remember um, shortly after Jed cheats on Shelby, comes back home, uh, Danny Vincent's character, the father, Rose's father, had died. He starts having like visions and nightmares. Oh, yeah. About uh, that one, for, that first nightmare where he sees like Danny Vincent in the the chap unfinished chapel He's like gutting cleaning a pig a, or something deer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, deer. and it just like charges him i was like oh, oh yeah oh that was that was pretty cool like uh that definitely went maybe this guy's got some horror movie future yes in him. uh yeah that definitely went further than i thought so the only other thing i was going to bring up was this is still in the world of wigs and beards my favorite of worlds by the yes way. <laughs> uh uh jed king's mother never ages she yeah. she shows up in a couple of uh you know in a couple of uh, things but she has a what she just has a white hair wig on like she mm-hmm. looks not a day older than than in the earlier stuff in the movie to the point where I didn't I thought that was his sister until you just <laughs> told me that it is I didn't know who you were talking about at first I thought you were talking about just in the prologue yeah. but no yeah she's at the wedding and stuff yeah. right complete white wig yeah, so yeah. It was, like there were those little things beautiful woman oh absolutely she's gorgeous yeah i mean it, y- but yeah she's not his mom yeah. like <laughs> yeah no no, no 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 okay i thought that was a sister i'm like who is that no. woman <laughs> yeah that, it's just really white hair for him to not have any like yeah those are as, the little things like those are the little things you expect to be throughout the entire movie I feel bad because it feel, it does feel like we're picking on their their hair and makeup department in this. I know. Movie. I'm sorry, uh, but I gotta say, I mean, but yeah, 
that the role of that department is to not stand Indeed. out. And, I would not uh, have it noticed this... it, I think, as much yeah. had the rest of the movie not been as solid as it was. So I'll just have to and say I, Well, actually, you know what? Sorry, Richard. I'm going to point the finger at you because as the director, you're the one that's, that should have just said, take the wig yeah. off. Uh, Clearly, we're wig focused wait. today on this. <laughs> Big focus on wigs. Um, so what's your kind of overall take on this movie? I, I, you know, I'm still kind of, I wondered even just today thinking about it, like, am I being, because I felt like you and I talked about like, okay, we're not going to go just sit here and criticize this movie. Like we need to watch it as a movie sure. and not even really focus on the message, even though it, it's selling itself as a message movie. I mean, essentially that's what you're saying um, to your audience. If you're positioning and promoting yourself as a faith-based film is that, there will be stuff in this movie of value mm-hmm. and that there's a whole teaser, a reel for Affirm films on this DVD that they spell it out for you exactly like what sure. their sort of mission statement is. And so I do wonder if my, <laughs> if our uh, wanting to watch this without a critical filter of what it's saying, maybe it somehow ended up by, you know, biasing our, our experience of it anyway. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any way around it. I don't either. And you know what? I, it's just, yeah. I think my takeaway is a solidly made movie for the very most part. Yeah. Um, and I was never really bored and I enjoyed the experience, enjoyed the performances. A little iffy about the overall message of the relationship as it kind of sort of pertains to particularly the wife. Yes. Um, you know, um, that's, that, that's yeah. kind of it. Worth watching, I think for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel like it's it's a subject it's a subject that doesn't necessarily make it a faith based film. It's not an argument about does yeah. God exist. Uh, nope. Uh, it's it's something everyone can relate to. I actually, really kind of like that whole. I really kind of like that whole uh, passage about chasing the wind, and you know, I've seen everything on Earth and all that. I do too. Like, I mean, awesome thoughts, and and just you know, mm-hmm. it's about. It's about yeah, like loving people and and how hard that can be and all that. So, and yeah, v- very well made. Um, so yeah, I can't can't complain. I, I'm really interested to see another movie by yeah. this director, just knowing that he probably can't go back to the same well of using that voiceover technique. Sure. With, he I mean, could, he could. Right. There's nothing to stop him from doing so. But I'm interested in seeing him do something a little different yeah. from that, whether it's within the same uh, faith based world or not. Um, so yeah. Uh, t- tip our hat to the song. Absolutely. Thank you, Melissa. Yes. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness. No more night. Now I'm so happy. No sorrow inside. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. Yeah, before we uh, move on, I just want to point your, uh, your, your ears to another podcast, uh, and that is Podcasting Them Softly. Uh, it's two gentlemen, Nick and Frank, and they talk about movies uh, in a much smarter way than uh, I think Craig and I do. <laughs> if you're looking for a thinking man's podcast, that's the one you're looking for. Uh, some really great stuff. I listened to the episode about Domino, the, to- the Tony Scott movie with like Kira Knightley, you know, and uh, Richard you know, Richard Kelly wrote this thing. And, you know, I kind of want to see this movie now, and I definitely did not before <laughs> listening to this podcast. Uh, if you remember those trailers at all, it just did not look like my cup of tea. And I'm kind of curious now. Like, I enjoyed listening to them talk about it. Um, and then they just did an episode with uh, the cinematographer extraordinaire Tim Orr. 
Uh, so I'm very excited to listen nice. to that. They had him on and, and interviewed him. And so uh, it looks like they've got a bunch of cool guests. And uh, Nick has been commenting a bunch on our Facebook stuff. So go find him and go follow him because he, he po- we've talked about this. Like his, his Facebook posts are amazing. Like he just throws up all they his really cool are. stills. Yeah, we're... I mean, like every night it seems like he's watching a movie that I've never heard of. So Nick, stop doing our job, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, slow down. Go check that out. Yeah. Um, also want to give a shout out to listener Gretchen Harwell, who... Uh, Sean has had some romantic dalliances with, as I understand it. I just, uh, Not yeah. that I want to yeah, air everybody's laundry. <laughs> well, she sent a link uh, to a podcast talking about deprogramming, which is also from our um, kind of came out of our Holy Smoke podcast a while back. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I listened to that, and, and it, it kind of uh, negated my whole idea of pitching a story about a deprogrammer who, like, kidnap someone from ISIS and tries to deprogram her or it seems uh-huh. to anyway but deprogramming <laughs> has an amazing history and I'll I'll make it very short here for you it's pretty much a scam uh, when it originated it was because people were really worried about uh, cults Satanist cults and so on and stuff like that right and the guy who who kind of uh, got it rolling figured out that if he had parents hire him he could pretty much kidnap anybody and do whatever he wanted and I mean, it really runs God. the gamut of whatever he wanted. It was, it's pretty horrible to even think about. Um, but then the, apparently the Church of Scientology, Church of Scientology ended up suing him for something and suing him out of existence and then owning his company and now do their sort of their it own deprogramming. Perfect it's, sense. It's amazing. Right. I think there's a whole movie in that now. But, uh, but thank you very much, Gretchen, because that was super, super interesting. Awesome. Again, thank you, Melissa. Please, please send us more suggestions, yeah. people. We're going to try to do this a lot more often. And uh, it, it was cool to have our horizons broadened a little bit. Absolutely. I enjoyed this one. And especially if, yeah, if, if we say dumb stuff like, yeah, there are no movies about Satan. And you're like, there are plenty of movies about <laughs> Satan. That's when you need to be sending those suggestions. You know what I mean? To prove us yeah. wrong is probably one of the best reasons to suggest a movie. And it's probably pretty easy to do, <laughs> I would imagine. It might be. It might be. Now then, Craig, let's talk about what we're going to watch next, okay? Are you ready? I am ready. Craig, have you heard of a movie called Stoker? Yes, I've heard of it, Sean. Have you seen it? I just got it. I haven't watched it yet. I I have not seen it. I can't wait. Have you heard of a movie called Predestination? I have heard of it. Oh, man. Yeah, I got to see that one too, right? Ethan Hawke. It's supposed to be good. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Going down the list. Going down the list. What about The Overnighters? How new is that? I'm not going to tell you that. It's not a sitcom from the 1940s, if that's what you think. I'll go ahead and say, uh, I have never heard of it, Sean. All right, that's fantastic. I believe it is on Netflix. <laughs> all right. I'm excited to see this. I think it's going to be a little different for us, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Well, Sean, thanks. It's been a terrific show. Mm-hmm. You can check us out on the Twitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's probably like Never Heard Podcast. And you can check us out on our website, which is neverheardofitwebsite.org. 
and uh, and then you can also yeah, and then uh, check me and Sean out at your local grocery. I'll be in the hot produce aisle. Hot produce? <laughs> yeah, it's warm. 